Hey, this is Coco, and you're listening to Conversations with Coco and Friends. Today, we're speaking with Vanessa Bowen, an accountant by trade who calls herself a holistic money coach, specializing in coaching people into abundance. She is a, and I know I'm going to screw this up, a linguistic programming practitioner, the founder of Mintworthy, and just generally knows what's standing between you and them coins. Welcome, Vanessa. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So, Vanessa, can you... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Can you tell us about what services you offer at Mintworthy and how you help your clients? So I help my clients in one of two ways. So I do have a group coaching program. And then I also have one-on-one coaching. With the group coaching program, it's a hybrid. So you probably know I'm all about the mindset. So we actually uncover those blocks, get deep into what's holding you back before we actually get to more of like the financial planning, financial strategy side. Because I think sometimes we always do it in reverse. We want to know how to save and invest. We want to know how to build a budget, which great, like 100% it's great. But if you do that out of the same mindset, out of the same lack and scarcity and limiting beliefs, it's going to be very hard for you to follow through with that. So I'm all about shifting the mindset first and then teaching you the habits of creating the budget, saving, investing, living that financial life. So my group coaching program is tailored to that. Same thing on the one-on-one side, but of my one-on-one coaching, I also help entrepreneurs really get their business finances in order and really help them to manage their business like a CFO so that their business is creating the financial life that they desire. So that's basically how I work with my clients. And obviously with the one-on-ones, we do mindset first. That's like my number one rule. It's we do mindset first. Don't ask me about money until we've shifted your mindset. Vanessa knows her stuff. And we have a lot to cover. So I feel like we should start with the basics. Can you give us all a few tips on making a kick-ass budget? Yeah, for sure. I think that's the one thing that most people run away from because it is scary to create one and it's also scary to follow one. So my first tip is to create it for real from the beginning. A lot of people will start from their head. So they'll say, okay, I know I've got these expenses that I have every month and try to make it from the top of their head that's the worst thing you could do. So uh, my biggest advice is actually pulling the last six months of all of your transactions, whether it's the credit cards, 
plural, the checking account <laughs> every day. <laughs> I know it's scary, but I promise it's so empowering because then you actually get to see where your money is going. You actually are now in the driver's seat and you have that clarity. So that for me is that first step. That's what I do with all my clients. We pull everything and then you take all your transactions and you just categorize them. So like more broader categories, you don't want your budget to have too many lines because then it's too overwhelming. So like categorize, you know, your rent or your mortgage, your eating out, your shopping, et cetera. And then you'll have an average of how much you've spent every month for those last six months. And trust me, it will be a little scary. <laughs> I know I had one client one time who did it. <laughs> and I think she had spent like six grand in just eating out over the six months. Like it was something oh, ridiculous. Wow. But again, it allows you to then make more empowered decisions. So from there, you could say, here's what I used to spend. What do I now want to spend? And use that to create your budget. So then you set what you want for each of those categories. So that's my biggest tip of like really starting it right. And then also make sure like there's no, I call them holes. Like sometimes we create a budget and we forget things. Like we forget to include our savings plan. We forget Mm. to include our debt repayment plan. Like your budget isn't just your monthlies. It's your holistic like financial view. And don't forget the things that don't occur every month. So whether it's your travel even though we can't really travel right now, (laughs) but still like your travel, like the gifts, like all the gifts we have to buy throughout the year, birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, all of those things need a home in your financial plan. If not, you won't be able to plan for them. And that's why people really just spiral into debt. It's kind of like that. um, There's a saying that I'm not going to be able to say properly, but like, if you can't see it, you can't fix it. Or just the idea that I think there's this place that we all hide in the, in the comfort of not knowing, but you also can't fix mm-hmm. something if you don't know that it needs to be fixed. So if you, like you said, someone who spent six grand in the last um, couple of months just on food, if you didn't actually write that down, you wouldn't have known really. You'd be like, yeah, I spent a lot of money. But when you see those numbers, it's like, oh, damn, maybe I can spend four grand in, in the next six months and there's savings right there. Exactly. That in itself is a wake up call. So Vanessa, I've seen you um, live in events and stuff like that. And your story is really interesting. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey to Mintworthy? What had to happen in order for you to basically flourish and, you know, become who you are in this role today? Yeah. So my journey with money started pretty much like everyone else. I had no idea how money worked. I didn't grow up from, you know, a wealthy family or anything like that. So right when I came out of university, I started my career as an accountant and I had no idea how to manage my money. And most people will say, well, you're an accountant. You should know better. No, I didn't because, you know, doing accounting and personal finance are completely separate. So when I started my career, I was like most people, I spent a lot. I lived that lavish lifestyle And I racked up debt. I had actually rented a condo that I could barely afford. I didn't even check in to see if like my starter salary could match my condo lifestyle. I was just like, yes, I'm making money now. Let's do this. So needless to say, fast forward a year into that, I was in a crap ton of debt. I wasn't really able to manage my monthly expenses. So that's one of the things that led to that wake up call. And then luckily I had a mentor 
And she was really big on like building wealth. Like she had, she just paid off her first house in three years. Like she was really, really good with managing her money. And it just happened that I went over to her house for a dinner that turned my whole life around. And she literally sat me down. She showed me how to manage my money, how to create a budget. And so from there, that's when everything shifted for me. But it was obviously gradual, right? It it took me time. I stumbled a few times. But in that process, I was loving what I was doing. Like I just became this money nerd. I was just like studying everything that I could. But then I was helping other women in my circle. And that's when I realized that so many women around me had just been as clueless as me. So it really started as more of this like passion project where I was doing my career, but just helping women on the side. And then I just got to this point where I knew this is what I was meant to do. And so I left my career, started Mintworthy because I feel like this is literally like my life's journey turned into my soul's purpose. And that's what I do now is really just helping my clients uncover what's holding them back, like what's stopping them from like, you know, actually living that financial life that they desire. But on top of that, I do layer on the mindset because even when my financial life shifted, I still had so much insecurity. Like I, yes, the bank account was pretty and it was sexy, but I was still feeling financially insecure. I was still worrying about my money. And that's when I knew there was this disconnect between like what your bank account looks like and what your actual money mindset is inside. So that's kind of what led me into that whole direction of bringing money mindset into my coaching as well. You touched on something that I was, I was going to ask you a little bit later, but I just want to bring it up right now, just because you were just talking about it. Why is it that money is still such a taboo topic with women? I know I'm stereotyping here, but though I find a lot of women starting their own businesses now, and there's all this amazing girl, woman power and women energy out there around businesses, I still do find this ease in which men talk about money. And it's almost like a big topic that they talk about. But when it comes to women, it's like, we only talk about like, I got this outfit, it was 20 bucks. Like, that's the only thing. When we save money on an outfit, we will claim that. Sorry, this is not all women, but I do find there's just such an ease around money and men. Why is it still so taboo for women to talk about money? Yeah, it's it's so true. It's so true. And I think it's because like how it's been ingrained in us, whether it's through like society, media, like how even we're raised as women, like money has always been a men's world. Even as a little girl, like you, you watch the princess movies, right? And you see the the prince taking care of the princess. Yes. And so we're ingrained from little to see in our little subconscious mind that men are meant to have the money, to control the money, to have the conversations. And we're just meant to step back. Right. So I think a lot of it is like that ingrained mental trauma almost of yeah. like what's been ingrained in us for generations to come. But I think to your point with seeing women more shift into like entrepreneurship or really just feeling more empowered to take control of their finances, I think this is where we are shifting to have the conversations, but I still feel like they're closed conversations. They're not like on that broader scale, which is why I love like even just this podcast of like bringing this topic to light. I think that's where it starts more for us to feel open about it. We just interviewed Shanae Ingleton-Smith, and she mentioned that one of the things that grew her the most was when she was open and honest about her financial journey. And she spoke about how she had made a bunch of missteps when she was younger, 
And just being honest and open about that, she got thousands of followers. So it's interesting that there's such an appetite out there, but it's still so hidden, you know, about money and resources and females and us, because we have to look like we have it all together. But, you know, it's scary to say I'm in debt or I actually really suck at budgeting or I have no money. It's all about like looking fancy and you got it all going on. So as far as my personal story, I learned early on after making some stupid mistakes in university, you know, when you go into university, they give you like the option to get like six credit cards at the exact same time. And I signed up for all of them and they gave me all of them. And I was working at uh, Mendocino and I think I spent every check and then some on clothes from Mendocino. So (laughs) I spent all my money and then got into debt and it was tragic. It was a tragedy because it set me up to have bad credit for a while. Can you explain to our listeners why good credit is so important and what things bad credit can potentially hold you back from? Yeah, I feel like this this day and age, we need credit for pretty much all of our major life purchases. Unless you've got millions stashed in the bank, you can't really buy the big things that you need in life. Like whether it's at home or a car, or even like last week, I bought a Peloton and you can finance a Peloton. Like there's so many things nowadays that are like our wants and our desires that you can finance, which is great because then you don't need to, you know, pull into your savings to like have those things. But if you don't have good credit, you're not going to be able to leverage those benefits. So you won't be able to get that house. You won't be able to, even if it's just get a loan to start your dream business Everything we need when it comes to big sums of money starts with credit. So that's why it's so important to build your credit. Even if you know your score is not where you want it to be, you just start now. Like you start today, whether it's making sure you meet those payments on time, making sure you at least do more than your minimums. Every day you have to be focusing on building your credit because you have to do it before you need it right. and you will need it. We all will need to leverage credit at some point in life. I mean, I'm now fast forward 20 something years later, I'm a landlord. I check your credit before I rent to you. So that's something to even think about to consider if you're going to be renting an apartment right after university or while in university. It's something that can hold you back if you screw around the way I did when you're in your early 20s. It can really affect you for a while. And I think piggybacking onto that, what does one do if their credit is super lousy early on? What are the steps in getting it back on track? Yeah, good question. So for sure, you want to be making sure like you're making your payments on time. So if you've got credit cards, making sure you're making those payments on time, making sure you're paying more than that minimum, like that's going to at least show that you're good with your credit as well. Like if you know you're in this mode of trying to build your credit, don't accept all of those offers to increase your your credit limit or to get a new credit card, like that's not going to help you if you haven't built the habits. It's just going to cause you to get into a worse credit situation. So literally just stop there. If you can, like sometimes some of my clients will actually just leave their credit cards at home. If you are that tempted to use it, leave it at home, give it to someone who's can, who can hide it from you just until you get into that habit of being able to pay it down or being able to be more responsible with it. And if you're trying to build your score, you need a plan. Like don't just try to go at it with your head, like actually create a plan where you're going to put money towards your debts. You're going to build your score up by being more responsible. 
actually have a plan to work towards. So true. Vanessa, what is the first thing you tell a young woman in her 20s about managing money? I would say first and foremost is get your money habits down now so you can be wealthy tomorrow. If I were to know what I knew like now back in my 20s, life would be totally different. Like life would be completely different. I think sometimes when we're starting out, especially in our 20s, we think, okay, we've got time. So I'll figure this money thing out later, or I'll start to save for my retirement later on. If you're in your 20s, my biggest advice is to create those habits now. So whether it is, you know, building a budget, not being afraid to look at your accounts, but even more so start saving, start investing. We have the power of time when you're young, you've got that time lag. So you can literally start with a little bit, even if it's $200 a month over time, that is going to grow tremendously for you. So definitely start off by saving, investing if you can as young as possible, but just build those habits because as life grows, there's more things that are going to come into your life. You know, as your life grows, maybe you you get married, your job, your career, your business expands. There's so much other things to focus on. You don't want to then at that stage be trying to figure out your money. You want it to be on autopilot by that time. So you should start as soon as possible. That's awesome. What do you feel like, Vanessa, are the steps to be financially secure as a woman at any stage in your life, meaning from student a business owner to career woman, anything. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I would say for sure it's starting off by being in control of your money instead of allowing your money to control you. Like that's where you have to start off first. Um, a lot of people think, okay, when I make more money or when my career expands, I'm so guilty of that. When my career gets to a certain level, then I'll figure out my money. No, if you want to be financially secure, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you have to be in control right now. So whether that is creating a budget like we talked about, whether it's creating a debt repayment plan or a savings plan, you need to make sure you're building that foundation right away. And the other thing is to get comfortable with your numbers. I know a lot of women, especially, they're scared to look at their bank account. They're scared to see where their money's at. But you have to you have to face it. Just like anything in life, if you want to conquer it, you have to face it. So it's getting comfortable with your numbers. And if you are a business owner, I can't stress this enough, know where your business is going. To be honest, most of the time when my clients come to me who are entrepreneurs, 
they are not looking at their business finances. They're maybe looking at them twice a year or maybe just in tax time, but they have no system or structure in place to actually see where their business is at. So especially if you're an entrepreneur, you started that business because you want it to be financially secure for you, for your family to create a legacy. So if you don't have a pulse on your numbers, you're not going to get there. So it's super important that like you have, I call them money dates, but that you have, for instance, you know, business money dates every month where you're looking at where your business is, you're putting money aside, you're actually looking at whether your business is in line with your budget. And then same thing on the personal side, you have personal money dates. I always say to have these every week. So you look into where your money's going versus your budget. Do you need to save your savings, like change your savings or investments? Do you need to adjust your plan? I think it's us getting like more connected to our finances, which starts with actually opening our bank accounts and looking at our dollars. I think that's so true, especially knowing that most business owners are only doing these quarterly plans. And it's like so much goes on in three months. So to actually have a handle on it at least monthly is super important. And Vanessa, we explored some of your coaching sessions. And we want to know, how do you teach someone to rewire their mind for wealth and abundance? Yeah, such a great question. So I'll start off with why we need to do that. So if you think about like when we were all born, we were a clean slate. So we had no judgments, no perceptions about what money was. Money was just money. But then as we grew, we learned what money was from our parents or society, or the media, or our own life experiences. And so with that, we created our own thoughts and beliefs about money, whether it's hard to make money, or success is for other people, and it's not for us. So most of the time, our mindset, or our beliefs about money are rooted in scarcity and lack. And when you live out of scarcity and lack, you'll never actually attract the wealth and abundance that you desire. So reprogramming your mind or rewiring your mind starts with first uncovering how you really think and how you really feel about money and then shifting to the beliefs that you want to hold. So with my clients, I do a lot of NLP techniques to reprogram their subconscious, but it's really just getting clear with what mindset you hold and shifting to that belief that wealth and abundance exists for all of us that everyone can be successful, that you are enough, that you can achieve those dreams. It's coming from that mindset and rewiring your mind to believe that truth and living out of that truth. That's incredible. Let's talk about the D word, um, debt. And it's a pretty serious topic. So it's important, I think, to definitely get down and dirty. Um, But seriously, what's your biggest advice for someone who is in serious debt? It can be super overwhelming, So where do you even start? Yeah, great question. First things first, face it and get over how you got there. So many times we live in that shame or that guilt as to why we're holding all this debt. The more you live out of that energy, that mindset, you're not going to actually be able to move forward to attack it or attract the money that will pay it off. So first you have to face it, but also just forgive yourself. (laughs) So yeah, you got to face it and you have to release the guilt, the shame, etc. And then the biggest thing I, I see 
it always starts with a plan, but it sounds so simple, but it's so real. Most people say, I want to get out of debt. That's great. But what's your plan to do it? Like, have you actually sat down to see how much debt you have? Do you even know the interest rates on your debt? It's okay to jump up and down and say, I want to be debt free, but you have to like anything, create a plan and then take the action. So one of the easiest things you could do to create a debt repayment plan is literally just list all your debts and then list the interest rates for those debts. And I always like to list them from the highest interest rate first to the lowest because I'm all about getting out of debt faster and not paying as much on interest. So that's my recommendation. You list it like that. And then basically that top debt is your highest interest debt. All the other debts below that, you will then pay just a little above the minimum for those debts. But that top debt, the one with the highest interest, you're going to throw as much money as you can within your budget, throw as much money as you can towards that debt and tackle that debt first. So just kind of stay laser focused on attacking one debt. Don't try to do all of them at one time because it's going to get too overwhelming and it's easier to attack a goal when you just have one goal to focus on. So once that debt is then paid off, then you take the money you've been paying towards that one and basically roll it into that next debt. And you just keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that over time and you'll be debt-free in a matter of months, years, whatever it is, depending on how much you can put towards the goal. But at the end of the day, it's having a plan and sticking to that plan. Because, you know, if you were to ask someone, you know, do you believe you could save $50,000 in your lifetime? They'll say, yeah. And then you ask them, do you believe you could pay off $50,000 in debt? And it's like this whole different mindset where they're like, no, it's impossible. I can't do that. It's the same thing. You're saving towards $50,000. you are just putting money towards it every month. It's the same thing to becoming debt-free. You're just putting money towards it every month. But it starts with having that plan and actually working it. That's so great. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. They say nothing can be certain except death and taxes. What are some of your tips for entrepreneurs on how to stay on top of your taxes? Oh my gosh, I see this so many times. <laughs> As entrepreneurs, we run away from taxes, (laughs) don't want to plan for them. But honestly, I feel like that's the surest way to either run your business into the ground or run yourself into a load of debt. Because at some point, you have to file that tax return and you have to pay the taxes. So (laughs) one of the things I do, I talked earlier about having that business money date. So I have mine every month. And what I do in that business money date is I'm looking at my numbers. I'm seeing how the business did for the month versus budget, et cetera. But then what I'm also doing is setting money aside for corporate income taxes, personal income taxes, and HST. So if you get into the habit of setting, and when I say set aside, like create and open a separate savings account, don't have it mingled with all your, like your business operating cash flow. That's the wrongest thing. You want to open up a separate business savings account and every month just put money aside for those taxes so that when tax time comes, you could be at peace. You have the money, you can pay your taxes and then you get to then focus on like your zone of genius in your business as opposed to then having, you know, the heart attack and the pain and the stress of trying to figure out where are you going to find the cash to pay this big tax bill? That's brilliant. That's something that we, one tip that we actually have used because you always think that if the money's in your normal um, bank account, 
you always think that money is yours, <laughs> but it's not that the HSC, like that's the government's money. So there's no point in even looking at it. It's got to go, got to go right back. Serve is a taxable benefit that most individuals are not preparing to pay taxes on. What are your advice to listeners about CERB? Yeah, great question. I actually have the pretty much the same advice. So even when CERB first came out, I had my clients who unfortunately had to go and serve. We did this for them. We created a separate savings account. And every mm-hmm. month when they were getting their CERB, they took out a percentage, like roughly they were kind of guessing, estimating what their income tax rate would be. If you're not sure what it is, just like use last year's as a, a guide or you know, use 20, 25% and then you should be okay. But it was the same concept. Every time they got paid, literally we set up an automatic transfer. So once the SERP came in, there was an automatic transfer that took the portion that was related to tax out of their checking and into a savings account so that it's there when tax time comes. And that's another thing we think, you know, it's a lot or it takes a lot of time to manage your money. You can set things up on autopilot. Like I love to have everything on autopilot so I could just focus on, you know, the little instead of the lot. That's so smart. I love that. All those people will be hella prepared because I know a lot of people who will not be (laughs) when tax season rolls around. Finally, I want to end on emotional blocks. I know we touched on rewiring your mindset, but how do you work to get rid of those barriers that are so embedded within your brain? You first have to face them. And I know I've said this before, but I think a lot of the times when it comes to our money mindset, we, we know how we feel, but we're not as open to admit it. So if deep down, we feel like it's difficult to make money or we feel that it's going to be hard to build our business. We don't want to face those inner feelings because it's dark. It's scary. It hurts. It takes us to places we don't want to be. But it's only when you get into that, that you can actually heal from that place. So you really have to get deep into what are your blocks. And it could be as simple as, you know, if you're just starting out, list them. You can ask yourself, okay, what are the limiting beliefs about money that I hold? Then you could do an identity shift where you can ask yourself that next level version of me or that future financial me, how does she manage her money? How does she talk about money? How does she think about money? And then do a gap comparison. So where am I in comparison to my future self? And what shifts of beliefs do I have to have? But until you actually go deep, you're not going to be able to uncover them. And a lot of the techniques I do with my clients where we do NLP techniques, it allows you to go deep because what happens most of the time is we can identify our surface money blocks, but there's literally 99% of the time blocks underneath, underlying blocks that are really what's causing that havoc. So you really have to get real. You have literally to be open to heal (laughs) because sometimes what's under there, it's stuff that you may not realize you're, you're holding on to. I know when I did my healing and did my work, it was blocks under there that from experiences in my past that I didn't even think had impacted my relationship to money or my relationship to myself. And they were experiences in life that I just shoved off. It's like, oh no, that didn't impact me in this way. But when you actually do the work, it's when you uncover. And when you uncover, then you can release. And then you can actually embody and instill a new mindset. 
Totally. Oh, that's incredible. I feel like, and honestly, to everyone listening, like Vanessa has done workshops on this and I've listened to them before and like, they're super powerful to the point where I actually saw a woman like burst into tears talking about like releasing a lot of these things. So it's really hype. People don't realize how effective they are by money and they just hide from it. (laughs) So thank you so much, Vanessa. You've been so insightful. We really, really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course, ladies, this is only the beginning of this conversation. We have a lot more to share on financial literacy, so stay tuned. You can find Vanessa at Mintworthy Co. to keep your finances in check and keep up with our adventure on the gram at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E. Now go tell your friends about it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.